Today's guest on the Soul Inspiring Business Podcast is the founder of Inner Glow Circle and author of At Least You Look Good. We are talking to Katie DiPaolo Silverman today, and I made an instant connection with Katie when we first met, so I am thrilled to have you hear her story today. We discuss her top rules to live by, her personal anecdotes on overcoming struggles and hardships in her own life, and advice for how to tune in to a greater level vision for yourself. So please join me on the Soul Inspiring Business Podcast today as we work on our inner glow. And it all starts now. I'm Kara, and welcome to Soul Inspiring Business. I believe that all of us possess unique gifts and talents that allow us to serve the world and our own growth in the highest possible way. Our lives are an expression of our thoughts, beliefs, and actions. And here, we will explore businesses, thought leaders, and topics designed to inspire, helping propel your own growth so you can live your best and most purposeful life. Welcome to Soul Inspiring Business. Welcome back to the Soul Inspiring Business Podcast. Today, I am so thrilled to have you with us. Thank you, Katie, for being here. Yeah, I'm so excited, Kara. Thank you for having me. Yes. Well, and we connected through your charity work, actually through Bo's effort and a foundation in memory of your late brother, Bo. And I remember when we met and we went out to get a drink together, I was like, gosh, I feel like I'm with a soul sister right now because it was just such really a, a deep connection that you don't always have with everybody. So I'm just really thrilled to be able to connect in this way and have our listeners get to meet you on a deeper level. So thanks again for being here. Thank you. And I felt the same way about our first date. (laughs) Yes. Our first date. (laughs) Our first date. Yes. So today we're talking really about turning pain into beauty and you know, often the times, you know, I'm a big believer in that life doesn't happen to us. It happens for us and happens to refine us. And so often it is some of the most interesting people that I meet are those that have gone through hard times and have, you know, been able to get themselves out of that and create something from it. And so I'd love to just dive deeper into your story because you are an author, you have an incredible podcast, what we'll, which we'll talk about. Um, and so you, you've done all of these, you, you're the founder of the inner glow circle and helping women entrepreneurs really find their voice and find their way in the world. So you're doing all these really amazing things, but you know, your story started um, with more trauma in your past. And I, I kind of like to go back there to kind of understand what were some of those things that, what was the pain that you had to go through in order to be where you are now? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I wrote a book, like you said, called at least you look good learning yeah. to glow through what you go through. Oh my God. You have here. It too. I have it here. <laughs> and, um, in the very beginning of the book, I talk about my five rules of life and I'm just going to say them if that's okay to kind of lay the foundation for our conversation. And yeah, to your point, I had a lot of tragic, traumatic things happen back to back. I was sick for 10 years. No one knew what was wrong with me. Eventually I got diagnosed with chronic neurological Lyme disease 
The doctor said that I had brain damage that may or may not be reversible. So I was going through that. I was bedridden at one point. And then in the middle of, of all that, my youngest brother, Bo, was really struggling with mental health and with with drugs, with addiction. And, um, you know, anyone who's been down that road knows that it can be a long road and very, very taxing to the whole family. So that was going on. Um, and my, I was also engaged at the time to, to someone different than the person I'm married to now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that relationship came from where I was and who I was at the time, which was someone who was honestly just like very traumatized and looking for, like, I just didn't want to be alone. And so I was sort of, you know, open to any, anything. And I found myself in a relationship that became very abusive. And so, you know, I say all of this to, to say that, you know, I was going through this like trifecta of trauma, like I call it in the book. And from that, I developed these five rules of life, which are number one, life gets to get better and better. Like life can get better and better. And we get to have that happen. We get that, that privilege to look at it that way. Um, number two is to take giving up off the table. That was so important when I was sick. Like if you, once you give up, you're done in business. And I'm sure we'll talk about this more. Once you give up, you're done. Right. So taking, giving up off the table, Another big one, um, my third rule of life was, is to ask what's possible, not what's probable. So mm-hmm. I had like over 30 doctors tell me I would never get better. Right. And I, I go into my mindset around this and how I developed this mindset in depth in the book. But I basically just kept saying like, well, what if they're wrong? Like, what if I'm the one person like still to this day, like I found a doctor who could cure my Lyme disease. I tell people this, they're like, Lyme isn't curable. You can test me. Like it's not in my blood anymore. Mm. Right. So I've got the receipts, (laughs) but so many doctors say, and the general population's belief is that Lyme is not curable. And so for me, like, you know, and, and I'll get to more of the details of what happened with my brother and, and how I've worked through that over the years. But you know, I just kept saying, like, I know what's probable, but what's possible. And that really opened up my brain because my brain had to look to other scenarios besides what was in front of me. Yes. Number four is it's this or something better always. Meaning, you know, I think especially as women and maybe, maybe, you know, the others out there too, but we, have a vision of something and like, we kind of grasp onto it and we can get sort of obsessed with it or clingy or energy gets funky. And for me, knowing that I will either have what I desire and what I think I want and what I envision, or I'll have something better. And maybe there is something better that God has for me, that life has for me, that the universe has for me. And, you know, we make a lot of plans Mm-hmm. And they don't always work out. And so reminding myself of that has been so important. And then the last one is that what's meant for me can't miss me. Mm. Meaning that the things that I feel drawn to in life, the th- things that I feel called to 
are mine. They might not have shown up yet in my present moment. Right. But what's meant for me can't miss me. And this whole idea of missing out or, you know, what if, or am I going to screw up my chances? There's like this delicate balance. And I know you want to talk about manifesting. So we'll talk about this, but this delicate balance between doing the work and then also trusting. I think that's, that's so there's a few things you said that I was like, Oh my gosh, I have goosebumps. No. Um, one of them is actually the, the, you know, this or something better. Right. So I actually like when I'm a lot of times journaling, like things that I want to create or manifesting at the top of the page, I literally write, I now accept all this or better, you know, because sometimes you don't know like what the universe or what God has planned for you, but like, you can just offer it up. Like, this is what I'd like to see. But if you have something better for me, then like I'm all in, you know, and allow me to use me to work in a way that's going to create a better world for not only me, but others as well. You know, so I was just loving so much of what you were saying there. Um, and, and love that too, that what you, you know, what is meant for you cannot miss you because, you know, especially with, I think, social media has created so much connection and so much opportunity, but it also has the, the double-edged sword is comparison and comparing yourself to others and comparing, you know, well, what, look at what they're creating with and, and really having to kind of turn that off and go back to, well, what am, where am I meant to be? And there are big things meant for me. And that's between you and the creator to figure out, you know, those those things, you know? So, um, anyway, thank you for sharing. That was really powerful. And I'd love yeah. to hear about your, along those lines, cause we talked a little bit about, about earlier before the show about manifesting, you know, how does that work for you? Cause I think sometimes manifesting is a hot topic and it's kind of a buzzword. And some people I think get, um, it can also trigger people to think, oh, well, what does manifesting really mean? And is that, what's the balance between what I want and what God wants and where I'm supposed to be? And so how do you, how does that play out for you? Like when you look at what you want to manifest into being? Yeah, I think, like I said, it's a delicate balance. And I think that um, if we desire something, we have to try, right? We have to lay the, the plans to, to get there. I mean, coaching by nature is about, you know, like the number one tool we teach and we just kind of like hammer into our students is the project plan. We call it the glow plan. Glow means greatest level of want. So it's what do you want most for yourself, for others and for the world, and then creating a plan around that. And at different times in our lives, that plan is going to change, right? But what's consistent about the plan is that it has steps, it has milestones, it has, you know, when we say like, okay, how do I ever create that? And the answer is like brick by brick, right? The the milestones are the bricks. And usually what happens, I mean, I've been coaching for over a decade now and I've worked with thousands of, of people and like, the biggest mistake that people make and the number one reason they don't reach their goals is because they don't have a plan. 
Mm-hmm. And some people will say, well, why would I make a plan? Because plans always get screwed up. Or why would I make a plan? Like, you know, or, or their plan is so unaligned, right? Like the, the way that they write the plan is not how they operate at all. Maybe setting like insane goals that don't actually feel good to them. Or, you know, once they start to map it out, I always tell our students, your glow plan is a living working document. Like, that's why it's not a PDF. It's like a Google doc because you're constantly updating it. And, you know, someone might say, um, I want to have this many clients or I want to make this much money in my business. But once they start to lay out, like what needs to happen every week and every month to get there, they're like, holy crap, I don't want to do all that. Or I don't have the bandwidth for that. Or they're, or maybe on the other side, they're like, this is too easy. I need to challenge myself more, right? I need to stretch. And you asked about manifesting and I I lay out my process for manifesting in my book as well, because it's something that I've wrestled with a lot because when I was going through all the things I was going through, which for me was like 2014 to like 2017 were like my toughest years. Mm -hmm. And 2014 was when I finally got diagnosed with Lyme. It was when my brother really started to go downhill. In 2015, my brother passed away. He he passed away from an accidental overdose. And, um, you know, we talk about that a lot through Bo's effort, which like you said, is how we connected. And we do a lot for mental health around that. And I really feel like Bo is still living out his purpose and it gives me purpose to be a vehicle for that. Mm-hmm. But that was 2015. By the end of 2015, six months after Bo died, my engagement ended really in a crazy way, which <laughs> I won't spoil for everyone who wants to go <laughs> read the book. Um, but really like a, a crazy ending to that relationship. And then 2016, you know, I, I started to heal, but it's very hard to even start healing when you're like, what did I even just go through? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I was getting, I was, I was on like 20 different pills a day for the Lyme treatment. Like I was just, you know, I was taking medicine to sleep. I was taking antidepressants during the day because as the Lyme was getting out of my system, it was really affecting me like mentally. Mm-hmm. And so I just was like, not myself. I was not myself. I, and I felt very disassociated from my body and very disconnected but I did have my business and I still had my clients and, you know, I'm one of those people that can kind of still show up and perform even when there's a lot happening in my life, Mm -hmm. which is great. And also terrible, you know, because I was able to avoid a lot. And so by 2016 and then eventually 2017, I found the doctor who could cure my Lyme. I really, you know, I went through this um, program to, uh, really do like some mental health healing. Cause I was really messed up from everything mm-hmm. that I went through. But while I was going through this, I was also still very deeply immersed in the coaching world and in the spiritual world and all of the talk about manifestation and get your energy in the right place. I just wanted to give it like a big middle finger because I was like, how do you even do that when you're going through so much. And so for all the people that are listening who have gone through something very difficult or going through something difficult, and I I feel that you and I probably agree on this, a lot of this, Kara, like, you know, it's okay to just kind of feel like 
screw you. And you hear those people out there being like, oh, well, your energy isn't aligned. And that's why things aren't working in your life. Or people try to downplay trauma or say it's all in your head. And I hope, I really do think that over the past few years, a lot of the conversations have shifted of like not gaslighting people, not gaslighting ourselves. Mm -hmm. But I was doing that to myself. Like I had been gaslit by so many doctors saying nothing's wrong. It's all in your head, right? And then I was still doing it to myself. And so- But at the same time, I didn't want to be a victim. I I really made a conscious decision. I do not want to operate like a victim. So this is like a big discussion here, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think like, you know, so much of it, it's hard to go. I've heard the analogy too, like from a state of being when you're in like that really low state to high vibrational state. It's really hard to to jump like, and I don't think it's possible really. So I think it's a matter of, you know, or at least what I've experienced, cause I think we've got similar stories and I've been through really kind of painful trauma things and it can feel really hard again to go from, you know, you're supposed to be here, right? You know, you're supposed to be at this higher level in order to quote unquote manifest, but you're just not, and you can't figure out how to get there. So sometimes using phrases like, I'm on my way to becoming, you know, um, to having more energy or I'm on my way. So like, you're not healing healing or I am getting better at being a better steward of money or, you know, the different, so it's, it's like, you're not, because it feels inauthentic if you're talking about or using affirmations and you're saying something like, I am on top of the world, but you're not. Like your brain is going, no, you're not, you know? So it's like too far off. It's too far off. Right. So you You have to kind of get yourself there anyway. Sorry. I didn't mean it. Yeah, no, no. I mean, I think like it, and then you feel bad. Like you feel worse almost because you're like, why can't I get there? Everyone else is getting there. or The people that I follow on the internet are getting there and everyone's just like hashtag manifesting and I can barely get out of bed or Right. right. And so if we want to give people like a step by step here, one of the things that I realized was missing for me and for so many of the people that I was, you know, reading their work or listening to or whatever was like the value of process. Mm. And, you know, people try to jump from vision, from like seeing something that they desire for themselves to having it so quickly without doing the work in between. Mm -hmm. So I teach this manifestation process and I, I do walk through it in my book, which is see, feel, be, do, have, see, feel, be, do, have. So like really quick, but you know, seeing is just seeing the thing that you desire, having a vision feeling is like feeling what it's going to feel like to have it. And we can go really in depth into each one of these. We won't right now, but being is starting to become the person who has the things that you want to have doing is doing the things that you need to do, you know, the actions associated with it. And then the end result is, is having the thing, right. But that's a very simple process. And like I said, people try to go from seeing to having vision, to reality really quickly, they collapse all the middle stuff. Maybe they have the doing category, Mm -hmm. 
But most of us don't consider the feeling aspect or the being aspect. And I'm like quite obsessed with like the being aspect, meaning who do I want to be and who do I need to be to have the things that I want to have? So I'll use an example, which is like, in order to continue, like I wanted to be in a healthy relationship after, you know, my broken engagement, I wanted to heal from the loss of my brother. I wanted to physically heal. Right. But who did I need to be? I realized I needed to become emotionally resilient. Like that was the phrase that I landed on that like was really a gap for me. Mm -hmm. I'm a very sensitive being. A lot had happened, you know, and I didn't want to be in denial. And, um, but I also needed to learn. I like remember being like, I need to like build this muscle of emotional resilience. That's what I landed on for myself. Mm -hmm. And that was like the missing piece. And so, you know, once I, I was like, okay, well, what even is that? And what would it look like? And who are other people in the world that I see that are emotionally resilient and what are they doing? And, and it started to become this thing for me. So, you know, I guess I just really encourage people to look at like, wherever you want to be, wherever you want to go in your life, whatever you're like, you know, Katie 2.0 or whatever you want to call it, your next level self or you know, your millionaire self or your multimillionaire self, what, however you look at it, what's actually in the way in terms of being like, who do you need to be in order to start to even see what's in that world? Right. Yeah. No, that's, that's so good. And I love that emotional resilience because I think that's really the key to, and what I see in entrepreneurship and, you know, business owners and those that are able to kind of also just take that to the next level. It's about like building that resilience muscle, so to speak, right? Because the key, again, I think to business growth and, and is that there's going to be hard, there's going to be things that come up that are hard or throw you off your game. And so how quickly are you going to stay in the messiness of it? And then how quickly can you be get back on track? You know, in the people that typically are um, succeeding at high levels have learned how to are extremely resilient and, you know, maybe they allow that whatever has come in to kind of knock them off their game, right? They allow themselves a few minutes, an hour to like, whatever that is to live in that space or figure that out. And then they figure out how to, how do I learn from this? How do I grow from this? How can I be resilient in bouncing back and, and turning this around? Yeah. I mean, I think of like athletes, right? Like my cousins in the NFL and like the things that they do to their bodies are insane, right? Like they're not like, you know, I don't know about you, but I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to my yoga class three times right. a week. Right. And right. or go on some walks with some girlfriends. Like, so, you know, what, what some people do to their bodies, if we want to talk about like physical resilience mm -hmm. requires a level of attention and nutrients, and they have doctors around them all the time and physical therapy and the way an, like an NFL athlete or whatever, any professional athlete 
works with their body is going to be totally different than how you and I work with our bodies. Right. And I started to realize like, well, you know, with everything that I want to do in my life and everything I have done and the kinds of relationships that I want to have. And, you know, I come from a family business. Like it's, it's like a very, it's been a very rigorous experience. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I could either bow out of that and say, that's not what I want. But if I'm honest with that, with myself, that is what I want. Like, I do want a life that has rigor and focus and where I'm developing and growing. Like I'm very committed to growth. I do not want to be the version of myself that I am right now in a year. Mm-hmm. Like that's not growth to me. Right. But in order to do that, I'm going to have to develop this level of resilience as if I'm a professional athlete. Mm-hmm. So I had to figure out what, what I needed, like what was my equivalent of physical therapy or bandaging or, you know, medication, or I don't know, whatever, but like, I think it's so important that we know ourselves and that we have the right tools, right? Like, and I I feel like you're a really great person that from my, you know, how, from what I see of you and what what I know, like you know how to work with yourself and you kind of know the anecdote for when you need something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think that comes with just having, you know, awareness, right. Of like awareness of oneself, awareness of, yeah, like what, and and it comes from listening to, to you reading your books, like from all this growth, right. And that you can take the pieces of what other people are saying, see what resonates with you and then integrate that into, you know, your own, um, practice, so to speak, to elevate you because into what's going to work for you. Um, so, um, I'm curious too, as a, as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, um, a lot of our listeners are entrepreneurs. Um, we have a lot of real estate agents, but also from other, um, different, you know, service providers as well. What do you think, and, and you do a lot, a lot of work with entrepreneurs as a coach. So what do you think, advice or what advice would you give to listeners for somebody kind of that's that wants to take their business to the next level that wants to maybe get to the million dollar mark or the three million dollar mark what do you feel like is from your experience and working with entrepreneurs what do you think needs to change or happen for them to kind of if they've hit that plateau to really kind of accelerate as as we move into next year Yeah. I mean, I'm going to go back to what I just said, which I think like the very first thing is that you have to look at that, right? Like that level of who you will be. So for example, like if I'm like, okay, well, I really want to be a millionaire next year. Like, I just want to be able to say that I want to be like millionaire version of Katie, right? I would take a piece of paper and I would map out like, what comes with that, right? How does she dress? How does she carry herself? What, how do, you know, what kind of car does she drive? Is she giving back more? Is she, does she have a bigger team working with her? Like, what does that level of self require? Right. Mm -hmm. And like, so for me, it's like the external thing is becoming a millionaire, but it's the, I believe in starting with the internal practice of figuring out, you know, who, like what, what comes with that? Mm 
-hmm. And then working on the internal first, like actually first trying to show up as the millionaire version of who I am. We could use any example though, right? Like I could say, I really want to get married next year. And I'm like, okay, well, and I actually went through this. Like, well, how would I be if I was, if I was married, if I already was married and I was already with the person that I felt was my soulmate and I wanted to be with, and I wanted to build a family with, how would I be operating? Yeah. Well, I certainly wouldn't be texting these like trash guys who are like doing nothing for me. (laughs) Right. And so it becomes this sort of like purging process too. Like one of the things that so many people experience when they first hire a coach or when they go through coach training is like, almost like this like mass exodus of like things in their life that don't work. Here's Mm -hmm. an easy example. You know, I am, maybe you're doing really great in your business. Maybe your real estate business is killing it, but you like lost total grip of your health this year. Mm -hmm. Like, and in your mind, the story that exists is like, I can be a millionaire or I can make this much money or do however much in sales, but it's at the expense of blank, my family, my body, my weight, my health. Like I feel like crap. Well, if that's the realization you're having, then like the question is like, like, you know, you have to say to yourself, okay, well in my next level of being, she gets to have both. She gets to have the money and the success and the health and the well-being and the mental well-being. Like she gets to have both. What would it look like to have both? Right. And so maybe some of your support isn't just coming from your business. Maybe you need some more personal support, mm-hmm. right? Maybe a coach or a therapist or a trainer or a massage therapist or whatever, but you have to give yourself the opportunity to have that conversation with yourself to say like, well, what's actually, where do I want to go? And what's the gap in getting there? And then we start to close the gap and then that's how we get there. Yeah. I love that. And I think this is the perfect time of year to really start thinking of those things. I think we start thinking of them naturally because it's like, what are we creating into next year? But um, I know sometimes it's, you get caught in the busyness, busyness of things too. So what is, do you have a practice, either a morning practice or like a retreat you do for yourself to kind of look at, okay, what do I want to create into next year? I'm curious what, what kind of your either morning routine or dreaming into next year routine looks like. Yeah. Yeah. I, I go through phases with morning routines, like depending on what's going on in my life. I'm not a morning person. I'm very open about that. So <laughs> yeah, I'm not like a 5am waker upper and like, let me use the first two hours of my day to like be with myself. I would just rather sleep. Um, but you know, I'm, I've gotten pretty skilled at knowing when I need something. So you know, it's like the equivalent of like, I have a headache, let me take a Tylenol or I have a headache, let me drink a ton of water or right. Like just knowing what you need and sometimes trying different things, right? Like I have a headache. I'm going to start with the water. The water's not helping. Let me get the Tylenol. So silly example, but you know, if I am feeling a certain way, which for me could feel like, um, some of my go-to emotions are like overwhelm or, feeling like lost, like confused, like feeling like 
I don't know what's next or the, the, the visions, the things that I thought were going to be happening, aren't happening. I'm somebody who like gets like really strong visions, like a year premature. Like, so sometimes I like start to see something for myself and it's not happening yet. So I get very frustrated, but I've started to know that, that like, like, again, like process, it takes time, you know, and we have to lay a lot of the planks of foundation before we have the thing, you know? And like, for example, my husband, I have been trying to get pregnant, but like, I also know we're like, not really ready, like just, you know, but I'm feeling like this has to happen. So I'm very aware of my own way of operating. And I also don't think it's that unique. I think so many of us are like, we, we want things, we work towards things, you know, we lay a lot of the foundation and then we're like, well, why didn't I reach the goal? And it's like, because there's more foundation to lay. Right. And the stronger your foundation is, the more secure your house will be. Right. And what you're building on top of the foundation will be longer lasting. And ultimately, like I'm here to play a long-term game. And I think that life knows that about me. So sometimes when I try to rush things, life or God, or, you know, however you want to look at it is like, no, Katie, like there's a little bit more that needs to happen here first. And that's okay with me, you know? So when I'm feeling those moments of panic or, and like the year can do it for me, my birthdays will do it for me where I'm like, oh, it's a milestone Mm -hmm. and something doesn't feel right. And I do a lot of evaluation. Like I go through this exercise where I look at the last 30 days, the last um, year. And then the last three years and the last five years and look at like, what was I doing exactly 30 days ago? What was I doing exactly a year ago? What was I doing exactly three years ago? Mm -hmm. And I try to really inventory my own growth and my own progress. Cause it's so easy to lose track of. Yeah. But once I do that, it's like such a good reality check of like, you know, Katie, you're like doing really well. And if you take what's happened over the last 30 days and you imagine that same growth happening over the next 30 days, plus it's going to be a little exponential because you're better and you're smarter and you're faster, right? And then if I look at the last year and look at all the growth that's happened and then I, I project a year out, then I'm like, okay, no, like we're good. Yeah. So that's one of the exercises that I love. That's good. Well, and it's also just like showing up every day, you know, like showing up and, and I think learning how to trust the process, which I know is a lot of what you've said too. like, listen to your body, listen to your intuition too. Sometimes it may be telling you to just rest. And sometimes listening to that, you know, um, can put you in a coffee shop where you happen to have a conversation with somebody that like changes your the trajectory of your, of your life or, or, or not even that monumental, but like you meet somebody that then puts you in touch with somebody else, just because you listen to the intuition and the guidance that like, go get a coffee and like, just chill for a minute, you know? And so I think sometimes those are the moments that we just have to like, learn how to have awareness that I think it's really tuning in and trusting your intuition and knowing when you need to really push And when it's okay to pull back a little bit and there's a balance, you know, that kind of unfolds in that, that can be really, um, and when you are, I think asking for guidance from 
God and saying, listen, like use me as a vehicle. Those are when the synchronicity kind of unfolds in a really beautiful way, in a way that we could not have planned it better. Right. So it's trusting in that. Um, yeah, I love that. So. Um, so anyway, so this has been such a, I have just so enjoyed this conversation. I'm sure we could keep on going and talking, but I'd love for our listeners to just know how to connect with you. Um, tell us how they can, if they wanted to have, um, a conversation with you or explore coaching with you, what does that look like? How can we find you? Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at it's Katie DePaula. And then IGC is at Inner Glow Circle on Instagram. You can go to ins- uh, you can go to Instagram. You can go to innerglowcircle.com. We have a ton of free resources there. Um, there's like a whole free classes tab. And one of them that we, we have had quite a few real estate agents go through our coach training program because at least what they say is like they do so much coaching with their clients that it's been really helpful for their business. So we have a really great free class that's called become a certified coach. And you can get that at innerglowcircle.com slash become a coach. Awesome. That's great. And we'll make sure to put that in the show notes as well. So any final thoughts for our listeners or anything you wanted to leave with? I'm just so happy that you had me here and I'm very grateful. Oh, well, thank you. I'm glad too. Thank you so much. Loved being here with you today and would love to connect with you more over on Instagram. My handle is linked to the show notes, or you can just type in at Kara Chafin Donna Frio. And I have something special for you as a free gift, my dynamic life journal. This special book has the power to really help you live a soul inspired life. Go to free gift from Easy to remember free gift from Until next time, beautiful people, sending all my love.